usually when you're listening to a podcast uh, and, and it does involve two people, there's usually the one smarter guy and the one dumber guy. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think I've accepted that. I'm <laughs> the dumber guy. <laughs> If you're expecting to hear Sam and I talk about The Peripheral by William Gibson, you are about to be sorely disappointed. <laughs> Were you able to finish it? Well, I would have if you had said you'd finished it. <laughs> <laughs> so we failed to finish this book within two weeks. So we are going to push that to next week instead. And I just want to preface that by saying not for bad reasons. Like, I think no. we had, we both had ample time to finish it, but um, there are definitely parts of the book where I actually wanted to just, like, take my time and savor it and not just, like, rush through it. Yeah, I think when we looked at it the first time, I was, like, mm-hmm. worried we'd get bogged down, but we, but taking into account, like, the page count, it was the same right. as that previous book. Yeah. Felix Castor, what was it called? Don't read this book? Um, no. The, <laughs> the Devil the, You Know. The Devil You Know. Thank you. And while the page count was the same... Uh, what I had failed to take into account was the, what's the word I'm looking for? Just the density of ideas and language. Information, yes. yeah. Whereas you could pretty much skim through the devil you know pretty easily and still know what's happening, as I did. Uh, this is a lot meatier, should we say. Right. It's a lot denser, full of, it's... it's A feast for the eyeballs. It is. It is packed with information. So, tune in next week for the peripheral right this week we're just gonna do the normal random shit we do right within a logical structure which is still super exciting and fun right oh that is true yes so speaking <laughs> of super exciting and fun that was not a good segue I, I think i've lost the touch see this is what happens when we don't have a regular time of podcasting right i am feeling a little out of whack right now <laughs> yeah, so right it's and a- it's only been three days since we'd normally yeah from our normal scheduled speak right it's, but it's like it's a weekend now <laughs> right something different i don't know i have yeah. somewhat of a tan something that's very crazy what mm-hmm. so let's proceed with the cous yes so i think the most important one we should do first and that is, we found out what the last line of the friendshipping song was, and I've now promptly forgotten. <laughs> Me too. Um, <laughs> oh, it's do friendship at its problem. Nope. Nope. Well, do friendship yes. at the problem. I at think. the problem. Yes. Right. Which I guess makes sense. It's perhaps not the line I would have gone for were I writing that song. What could be good alternatives for that last part? Well, that's funny you should say that. I have some ideas. <laughs> Yeah, so the problem is the the meter of the delivery on that last line is tricky because you would want to you would want to insert the name of the podcast in there. Yep. And friendshiping having three syllables, you would kind of want a group of three. Yep. Because my first thought would be friendshiping helps your problems, something like mm-hmm. that. But then that presses that pushes the emphasis onto the friendshiping, yep. which sounds sounds weird, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. But that was my that was my first thought. Yep. You don't seem impressed by that. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> we're just like trying to cram it in there. Um, yeah. What about if you end it with ba 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 friendshipping? Right. That's oh, like. Oh, that's good. Yes. So, how would do that? You do like uh. Be about that 
friendshipping. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but it is confusing because they're using friendship as a verb so like right. do which i think tripped me up and my mind didn't instantly go to the to do friendship at the problem is that correct though like can you actually do friendship at something no no that's awful <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of friendship so i reached out to them because they i guess they're also uh they do a lot of external or live plays of one of the designers at Cards Against Humanity, which Jen and Trin are part of, mm-hmm. um, he's bringing up about a new game called Secret Hitler, uh-huh, right. which is a game that I've been looking forward to. It is a social deduction game. Okay, um, yes, I think I have heard about this on mm-hmm. some, some of the shows I listen to. Yeah. It is a game that I have kickstarted, or actually backed on Kickstarter. Dusted those cobwebs off your wallet. <laughs> exactly. I haven't really seen, um, I haven't really read much about it. I know it's a social de- deduction game, but that's all I know. Mainly I backed it because I knew it was from Max Temkin, who is uh, a really good game designer and uh, one of the people at Cards Against Humanity. Mm-hmm. But also, um, I know he's also really into social deduction games, so I figured it must be pretty good. But they were doing like a, a tweet about how they were playing it live with some company or like uh, at some event. And so I... I tweeted at, I believe it was uh, Trin, and she has agreed to send us a prototype at the uh, for the Spotify office. Oh my God, that's amazing. So very cool. We'll see. We might have to play it Gosh, and so record exciting. bits about it yeah. um, when it does come in. And we get to feel like we're slightly superior, which is what I want. Basically. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I also have another update. Please update me, sir. I feel like I've totally failed on my Facebook and Twitter feed free on my iPhone. I found that you can delete Twitter, the app, on your phone. And then if you download it again, all your accounts are still there. Mm, I see. Which may or may not help you to yeah, getting rid of it. Right. I think it's less of the problem that I feel like it's consuming too much of my time and I want to experience what it's like without it. I think the issues that I have with it is sometimes uh, I want to Kanye West my Twitter feed. Uh, what does that mean, Sam? <laughs> that means I just want to do like a mind to Twitter feed uh, vomit and just <laughs> write some stuff out on the interwebs. And Twitter allows me to do that quite effectively. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So I think there might be a solution to this. I believe that Buffer, the Mm -hmm. sort of tweet scheduling app, allows you to post tweets. Mm -hmm. So you can write tweets, but you it's almost like a write-only mode. So you can't actually see your Twitter feed, you can't see anything, but you can actually post to Twitter. So perhaps you could get Buffer and delete Twitter, and then you can express yourself with all your fascinating thoughts through Buffer, uh, but you don't actually have to look at Twitter. Uh, so it would actually just post it right away. I just wouldn't get any feedback regarding it because one of the things that really has me stuck to Twitter is when people start reacting to it. Right. And I see all the, the feedback and the notifications that are happening in real time. And that goes from a five minute experience of me writing a tweet to a 30 minute experience of doing like back and forth and waiting if someone else responds or something like that. So, yeah, that might, I'll check that out. I, I haven't actually heard about it. This is cool stuff. 
yeah how many people do you follow and would you i am i do need to call yeah right i follow over a thousand people jesus oh my god that's just exhausting <laughs> right <laughs> i feel tired just thinking about that yeah but my you should check out my feed it, it is a melange of right. randomness and things that i'm interested in, in different moments there was a really interesting article which i hope i can find and maybe link to but a guy would completely remove everyone he was following every month mm-hmm. and try and find people he wouldn't normally follow oh interesting and then every month he just clear it out and start all over again yeah i'll see if i can find a link to that yeah that was a that was a half interesting thing i read on the internet that is cool but i feel like i'd also hurt some people's feelings <laughs> yeah they'll get over it <laughs> so firewatch yes raid i've been on vacation i had no computer with me nothing at all so i have not played firewatch uh are you still planning to probably yeah yeah i'm still really struggling to figure out the game playing moment in my life but yeah i mean hey i spent 20 bucks on it so right now i've basically (laughs) i've I've paid a dollar a minute (laughs) but your your 20 minutes have been pretty frustrating I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm getting there. Yeah. Have you tried the Steam controller? I have. Um, it takes a little bit of getting used to. And actually, you know, like it might actually be a good time for you to try it out. It doesn't work like normal controllers. But I have no reference point. Yeah, exactly. Maybe the Super Nintendo was probably the last reference point I have for our controller. But I think it still does follow the paradigm that the left analog stick, in this case for the Steam controller, is going to be like the right the left touchpad um, works in the same way as like the WASD keyboard works. Yeah. So like the top axis will like make you go forward and then the, 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 the left and right axes will actually move you strafe you from left and right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. You might actually have a better time with it. And how much is it? I think it is like 30 or 40 bucks. Well, if I yeah. pe- if I play a game longer than twenty minutes, I may invest in it. But right now, it it doesn't seem like a worthwhile investment. But yeah. Okay. But I do have an update later on that might change your mind. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. In regards to trying out more games. Oh, okay. Well, I will be excited to hear that in future. Okay, I have something. There's something about bread. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> so Polygon has this article. If you remember one of the first uh, podcasts that we recorded and we were talking about Star Wars, we were talking about the moments that made us cry. One of the moments that made me cry was when Rey from Star Wars was eating her bread. So Polygon has a recipe for said bread. What? (laughs) But I don't think it's actually like the same kind where you just put boiling water in it and it it turns into delicious bread. No, that would be quite something. Yeah. I think it just sort of looks like it. Um, wow. But yeah, I just thought that was funny. <laughs> it kind of looks like green bread. Yeah, I think it's just like matcha bread. Mm, okay. Well, that does sound quite nice, though. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you going to make it? Mm, probably not. Oh, you should. But just don't, I think... don't cry into it, though. That's what you think. <laughs> yeah, cry while eating it. Yeah, that's right. Yep. My family will wonder why I'm crying. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, and you you won't be in the dark this time, so people will actually be able to see you. Right. <laughs> we we actually have quite a few things on the PSGs. We do. 
we do. As always, I think, oh, this is probably going to be a short show. And then, of course, it's not. We like to talk. We like to talk about interesting things. Do you remember those heady days when we thought it might just be like 30 to 40 minutes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should keep it to 20 minutes, Ed. Right. Like, yes. <laughs> Let's try. Yes. So you have something here called Cortex. On my vacation, I also didn't listen to any podcasts at all. So mm-hmm. I'm a little bit light on things to talk about this week since I pretty much just sat on the beach and read the peripheral. Um, but one of the shows I did listen to was Cortex, which is CGP Grey's other podcast. He is known probably mostly for Hello Internet, which we have talked mm-hmm. about in the past. And so uh, being, I think I'm, I'm now a CGP Grey completist. You are. I think I am. I don't know. Anything he does, I am probably going just to watch or listen to. Uh, so this is his other show. Um, hasn't been going as long as Hello Internet, although I think Hello Internet's been like a year or so. So I think this is about 20, 25 episodes. Um, this is CGP Grey and Mike Hurley. Mm. Uh, Mike is the founder of Relay FM, which is like a, a, it's a podcast network that has kind of a bunch of like Apple... Apple-y kind of podcasts and right. some games and tech. Uh, also, he previously mentioned the um, Pen Addict. That was Mike's first podcast. So that's also on Relay FM. So for this show, they it's kind of framed as talking about how they work as kind of self-employed uh, creators, mm-hmm. I guess. So that's kind of interesting. On this show, they talked about... Uh, Something that we'd actually spoken about a little bit briefly. Was it essentialism? But where you sort of take time away to think and plan. Yes, that is in essentialism. Yeah, so what CGP Grey has come from doing was spending two weeks in a hotel in Amsterdam where he just went alone without his wife, without anyone, pretty much didn't leave the hotel from what Mm -hmm. I hear, and then uh, just took away... All distractions, all choices, all things that needed his attention, and then just focused on work and writing. And so it's like a almost like a retreat, really. And I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, I'm not sure if I. Hmm, I kind of like that idea a little bit. It kind of reminds me of there was an episode of the Writers Panel, which I think there's another podcast we've talked about before when they talked to David S. Goya, and he was saying that he does something similar. So when he's working on the script and he just needs to get most of it done, I think he calls it like breaking the back of the script. He mm-hmm. will go for like a couple of weeks into like a, just kind of isolate himself and then just work on this script right. just to get like the, the meat of it done. So yeah, this seemed like an interesting idea. And I was That's- wondering, well, maybe I might try it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I would do for a whole week. Yeah. And I think there are really interesting things about it. Um, Funnily, like um, the the episode of Hello Internet that I listened to, mm-hmm. um, CGP. I always have a hard time with that. I yeah. don't know which letters. <laughs> I'm just going to call him like ABC Gray. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> he also explains the same thing of what he did. I think he talked about it on both of his shows. Yeah, and uh, I think that's really interesting. I think um, there's a term in the programming world um, called spiking, which is when you take like a day or two to explore the possibilities of what you're trying to do. Right. Yeah. Like, let's say, oh, let's, um, if you guys decide to do this direction, let's spike on it and 
uh, explore the possibilities of it actually working, right? And so usually this is like pre-minimum viable product, uh, right? So just seeing if like all the technology that you're planning to use works out in like the, the most minimal way. Yeah, it's almost you would kind of expect to throw away your work. Mm-hmm. So in a way like spiking, I feel in the tech world is kind of like breaking the back of a script and just going off to sort of do maybe like the initial 30% of the work that needs to get done and from like a, a good thought process, which is a lot of times the hardest hurdle. Once that's done, it builds the momentum so that the team or anyone else can actually continue on the work, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's super useful. Um, but when I actually heard um, XYZ Gray talk about <laughs> the two weeks in Amsterdam, I was like, well, being self-employed at home um, and not having kids... Yeah, I did think of you. I was like, this is probably something Sam can now never do because that would just be so reckless. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. especially if I told my wife that I was going to go to Amsterdam to work for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think Amsterdam is itself essential sure. to this process. But, right. Yeah. And I think the reasons why he did choose Amsterdam, he explains it a little bit more clearly. Mm-hmm. And actually the episode that I was going to recommend for this, for this week, um, he chose it totally because of the hotel qualities <laughs> yes i love this like he needed a specific type of internet like he wanted um a not very frou-frou type of old rustic type of hotel <gasps> the hotel decor i've never thought about this before yeah it's very much like nope the hotel like the rooms can't have too much frivolous furniture mm-hmm. in them like, stupid decorations crappy right. artwork that's actually that's a really interesting point just yeah. having not that like visual clutter and stuff just in your face. Right. I, don't know. I was like, huh, never really thought about that. But yeah, I think, um, I think it's really interesting. I think there are ways that you can do it. Um, less drastically, perhaps. Less drastically. And without alienating your entire family. <laughs> right. <laughs> Although I can see how sometimes that could be super useful. I guess if your work means a lot and it's like mm-hmm. your livelihood of being able to you know, sort out some stuff and actually get progress done. Mm-hmm. A week is, in, in the grand scheme of things, like or two weeks is not that long. Yeah, they kind of talked about maybe doing it sort of every three to four months mm-hmm. uh, on Cortex. Yeah, yeah, interesting idea. I think I would need to, right now I don't have a, mm. Mm, I've got a kind of a half a project in mind that I kind of want to break the back of. Yeah. But yeah, it's a long time, a week. <laughs> It is. And I think in our, you know, because we do have full-time jobs. We do. It's true. I think just finding an analogy for that full-time job could possibly be enough, right? We don't have to spend 24 hours a day um, to be breaking a back of a project. So maybe if we just take a a week's vacation and during that time, just eight hours of the day, we do some of the work that we planned on doing, then maybe that's enough. And that also means that we don't actually have to be transplanted the way he works though is mm-hmm. like as soon as there's someone else in the house he feels yeah. like the, his mindset changes even though you know rationally there's really no which is totally true it. it is totally true yeah. for me as well like, i can't really write music if someone else is even in the room i kind of just mm. need to be able to have the room as my space you know yeah. and just somehow yeah that's that's how it works you know i can't work anyway any any other way but also the idea of removing all distractions and decisions so you can 
just concentrate on the thing. Like he would have the same breakfast every morning. He would have the same mm. routine, sit at the same uh, table. He would order the same food from room service. I think he would like right. alternate it every other day. So he's not eating the same thing constantly. But I just thought that was another interesting idea of just getting rid of any kind of decision. It reminds me of like that's stupid thing that people say like Steve Jobs and Mark Zuckerberg wear the same thing every day so they can keep their mind pure without having to have <laughs> wardrobe making decisions no but yeah I can I, I can totally get that though so another person that actually does something like this is John Carmack of doom fame although he has not tweeted at us though no <laughs> it's different John but have you have you ever read his tweets they're pretty crazy I mean crazy in like the best way possible I've heard some of it. I think I watched his keynote at some conference uh, a year or two ago. And this is one of those things where you're like, I don't understand half of what's happening, but this is awesome. No, it's awesome. Just to see someone who's just like so fucking clever and just so shit hot and just so awesome what they do. Like, yeah, and you can tell that he's just constantly cranking on stuff. Um, take his tweet from February 24. For tile slash bin based GPUs, dithering on resolve to sRGB would have some advantages. In an HMD, you can clearly discern every intensity step. <laughs> <laughs> and how many retweets did that get? <laughs> it got 11 retweets. Here's another one I feel slightly bad for solving offline 3DOF optimization problems by doing millions of tests instead of using a solver, but computers are fast. It's so fucking amazing. It's so great. Like, I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, there's an interesting article where someone went through uh, the source code for Doom 2. Yeah. Kind of like just pulled apart all like the rendering and the engine and all the, the cool shit that he did. Like, I'm not a C programmer, so a lot of it, you know, I kind of skim read it. But again, also super interesting, even though I don't really understand what the hell's going on. Yeah. You just go, wow. This guy is awesome. He did all yep. this like, cool shit that no one had done before. Right. And he's known to take his laptop to his vacations and uh, he would just lock himself in his room and code something new for the duration of that vacation. And that's how he relaxes, which I think is pretty fucking awesome. So yeah, that was, that was one of the shows I enjoyed this week. Uh, Cortex. I think the show is called Business Monk, <laughs> which oh, is cool. quite a funny term for, for that. It seems apt. So speaking on that... Uh, Board games, which I really love. Oh, nice! I've played a great one this week or the last week. Yeah, it's it's a new it's a new board game called Mysterium, new to the U.S. because I think either the Czech or the Polish version. I forget which is which, and I'm offending both nations. It is an Eastern European game. Okay, yeah, <laughs> called something else, which I can't I don't remember. But the American version is called Mysterium, and it is a. Uh, it's a really interesting game. It's a co-op game that involves you solving a murder. And the way that you solve a murder is that all the players, so I think it goes from like two to eight players or something like that, two to seven players. And one player will be the ghost of the house in which the murder has occurred. And the other players are psychics that have entered that house. Mm -hmm. um, and their goal is to try and solve the murder. Um, and the ghost has to assist by showing the psychic visions, um, visions in the shape of cards. What's really interesting here is like there are two phases in the game. And in the first phase, um, what the ghost will help you do without speaking and just showing these cards mm -hmm. is to help each psychic determine a set of 
uh, a suspect, a murder weapon, and a location in the house, right? And so each suspect that's shown on the board has like some unique um, drawing or characteristic to them, right? And right. so there's each location and each object, and they're all laid out on the board when the game starts. The ghost will know which set of uh, suspects, murder weapons, and locations have been assigned to each person. And it's behind the screen that the, the, that the ghost is using. Mm-hmm. And what the ghost will then do is um, pick up these vision cards, which are beautiful illustrated drawings of random stuff, and then will hand it to the player. Mm-hmm. Um, and the player has to, with that vision, um, try and guess which suspect or location or item the ghost is trying to tell them. I was like, wonder how you keep that fresh. Like how you, yeah. it feels like after a few times around, you'll kind of, you would get what the associations are between the cards. I don't know. Right. So one way that it does that is um, you pick up seven random cards or you pick up um, a number of cards at mm-hmm. random and you have to use those cards to try and associate um, uh, okay. Right. Each person to their particular object, person, or place. And so they have to use it. And sometimes the, the relationships between the cards and what they're trying to tell them is really weak. Um, but sometimes it'll be spot on. But it'll always be different because the cards that they draw is something that they'll have to use. Almost like a real ghost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so this proceeds on. And mm-hmm. the people will finally have to get correct like what the ghost is trying to tell them. And so each suspect and object and location will get sort of rounded up into each little small packets. Mm-hmm. And then from there, uh, one of them will actually be the murderer of this ghost. Dun-dun. And for the final round, um, the ghost just lays out three cards. And there are some nuances there uh, as to, like determined by how well you did in the previous rounds. And then from there... Um, the psychics or the players have to determine which one is the true murderer. And so it's some really interesting co-op um, mechanics as well as kind of charady um, slash like. Dixit. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, can, you, can the people see the person playing the ghost? You can, but okay. uh, yeah, you're not supposed to say anything. Okay. Right, or do any grand gestures or miming. Right. <laughs> it's, it's not Pictionary or right, you can't charades. even go like boo. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that's no fun at all. <laughs> so, how long does the game kind of take? What's the game, of? if you're, I think, if you know the, all the rules, you can play it within an hour. If not, it just goes a little bit past an hour. So, I think it's really manageable. Great for a larger group, like six to seven people can play. Mm. Okay, yeah, I would recommend it. Having a party of four or more playing it. But the ghost has to sort of know um, how to play a little bit, I think. Just has to be familiar with what to look out for and like the sequence of things. But it's really easy to teach um, if a person already has played it before. It's a nice little game. I think, um, I think I'll definitely try and play it again. Shall we finally talk about Touchstone? Yes. This game that we have tried to talk about but for the last three, three shows. But every right. time... They got edited out. <laughs> so let's let's give a background on Touchstone. Is a designer you like? Yes, it is designed by someone who has previously designed Threes, uh, Ridiculous Fishing, and 
a couple of other games that are uh, really dandy on the mobile phone. Dandy, indeed. Dandy. <laughs> that was not a word I was expecting to hear tonight. So. <laughs> you are full of surprises. And the game is a puzzle game, but uh, the, yeah. the element that I really like about it is it tells a quite interesting story. It's sort of a government conspiracy, your information is not private sort of storyline that goes throughout. So I thought that was a really interesting twist on a puzzle game. How would, what would you consider it to be like uh, the main hook to this game? Uh, I think it's definitely a puzzle. Yeah, I would say it's the, like the puzzle games is kind of fun. It's sort of you are, it's like a hall of mirrors mm-hmm. kind of puzzle game. You have like lasers and you need to angle mirrors and move things around to get the, well, they're not lasers. They're like waveforms, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Waveforms to uh, hit a certain point. Right, so it's like a series of emitters and receptors that shoot lasers. And then the mirrors are kind of arranged on a Rubik's Cube, so you can mm-hmm. like slide them up or across. And then that gets increasingly complicated, and there's uh, additional things added in as, you, as right. you move forward. So you, as you solve a puzzle, that kind of unlocks the next step on a map. And then, interspersed with these puzzles... There's then also, uh, as you say, like the narrative where you're intercepting and then reading emails or mm-hmm. SMS. Chats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like so, uh, like locked documents also. when you, Whenever you solve the puzzle, you get the sense that you are some sort of darker agent um, decrypting information on something. And after you do that, it sort of opens up uh, a bunch of information that you can sift through. And one of the cool things about this is uh, an earlier part of the the story, a contact from a more hidden government service sort of uh, introduces him or herself as your handler. Yes. And you've been selected to decode this specific thing, which then takes you like into this one storyline or multiple storylines. And it sort of leads you through that route, which which I thought was really well done. I think though... To me, those the puzzles and the email storyline seems very disconnected. Like it doesn't seem like the puzzles are fun mm-hmm. and I enjoy them, but it doesn't give you the feeling that you're decrypting things or it's in any way related to unlocking the emails that you see. It's a little bit detached. Yeah, I know what you're saying. For the attempt that they've done to try and match the two together, I think it's pretty good. Like I think. Um, having it sort of like be sound waves that you're trying to bounce around and angle with mirrors to like their receptor, their respective receptors. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty good angle to like, you know, uh, an abstracted thought of like you decrypting uh, something. But yeah, the the it's a little bit too abstract for you to feel like it's actually something that you're doing to unlock this um, or like decrypt these secret files or conversations that you have to read through. And I think there's something up with the pacing as well, where you'd have to solve um, five pretty difficult puzzles to get one little morsel of um, storyline, which could or could not be relevant to the entire story arc, right? Yeah, I think that's a good point. You're doing a lot of puzzling. And and sometimes I either felt like, either just give me this thing as more puzzles, or just give me more stories. Because I feel like... Yeah, I yeah. agree. It wasn't. It didn't feel like it did a good job of kind of either. Mm. 
or uh, making those two things like a coherent thing. And in right. fact, uh, you can pretty much play the game without having to read those documents and emails. <laughs> right, that's which true. Which is kind of what I ended up doing. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was just, I was really solving them just to proceed with the story. And the story arc, I think it's like the one, uh, one of the first long story arcs um, involving Samir. Um, that one just dragged on for way too long in a way that it was, um, yeah, it just felt extra long because as you unlock the last part of that map, it would extend out even further. Right. And then as you unlock the next part of the map, it would extend out even further. And so yeah. it just felt like it would, it was never ending. It does end and then you get like another location. So I think you start off with the valley and then you move to the city. Right. The problem I had was I, I would play this on the subway mm. while I'm listening to a podcast. Yeah. So I don't want to read stuff. I just want to play the puzzle games. Yeah, uh, that's true. Like I'd have to pause the podcast, read what's happening. <laughs> okay, great. Restart the podcast and then go back to playing the puzzle games. So I wasn't totally gripped by this storyline. Like yeah. there's, there seems to be like an entrepreneur who is working in like cryptography and then there's some shady business happening around that. But not only that, like the reason why this entrepreneur is being um, targeted is because of his uh, racial background. Right. Yeah. So it was like the strange sense of you're doing something, but you're not really doing it right. And you're being forced to answer a certain way. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you were. Yeah. So I think I was waiting for like the reveal right. of like what you were doing as the player. Like, mm-hmm. I was expecting there to be a twist. And I'm sure there probably is. Yeah. But I got bored before finding out what that twist was. Exactly. And I think that's <laughs> one of the problems is that there's something definitely wrong or off with the pacing that it felt like I wasn't getting enough of the story or I wasn't getting enough puzzle. And I wish they had made either a conscious decision to do either because I felt like, okay, um, I'm it right now it just seems like I'm working through these puzzles um, to get this story that's not really ending for me. And it felt, yeah, I, I got bored of it, unfortunately. There are some uh, UX issues that I have with the game as well. Mm, yes, let's talk about those. The the mirrors are placed on these rails, but the rails are on a grid. And so if you move, you can't just freely move the mirror into a place that you wanted to. You have to slide that mirror either vertically or horizontally. But as you do, if there is any other mirror on that same rail, either vertically or horizontally, and you're moving into that direction, it would move that as well. Yeah. And then it would do like a turn and then it would flip over from the other side. And to me, like that doesn't really serve any purpose of why that would be the case. Why does it need to have that slide? It's just there to annoy you. It's just there to annoy me. I think if there was any sense of um, of a benefit of that, it sometimes maybe as you're crazily moving around stuff, like it sort of lines itself in the proper way that it's supposed to. <laughs> but that rarely happens after you get after a certain point of the game. True. Yeah, like there were certain times where I would just randomly slide shit around just to see if that would give me inspiration for how to solve <laughs> this level. Yeah. And most likely it doesn't. But No, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I wish I wish you were able to just like pick up those mirrors and drop them to a place or it just tells you how many mirrors that you have so you can just pop them down. Well yeah, if you had like an inventory or something on the side that you yeah. just like drag out onto the onto the game surface or whatever mm-hmm. you call it. To even begin playing you have to slide a mirror to 
just get past the like the splash screen right which seems so annoying <laughs> like that like right. that's that's really good for the first time you play the game because then mm-hmm. like oh that's the game mechanic you're sliding mirrors and you're unlocking it but the 20th time you've done it you're like oh, right fine i know come on what's next yeah and then if you're any substantial way into the map it scrolls from the beginning all the way to your to your last position so from starting the app sliding the mirror waiting for it to scroll like it's easily five or six seconds right before right. you can even do anything and like that's just and that sounds like not a lot but it's just a frustrating eternity when you're just wanting to play the game totally and you know even when the the levels end there's this thing that it does where it sort of starts um emitting oh yeah like these rings (laughs) i mean you can tap through yeah it's a nice little animation yeah it's kind of cool but once you've seen it you're like okay right but yeah that 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 exact problem of the map loading out after you have first started the game um i think initially it's pretty cool because it sort of gives you a sense of uh, how many levels that you ha- how many maps or how many puzzles you have to solve it makes sense it kind of gets, it can reveals in sections doesn't it you can unlock a section and right. you can see how many are left in this section but you have no idea of how many more sections are left exactly in the storyline that i was in which dragged on super long <laughs> mm. uh, and i didn't expect it to drag on super long that initial reveal of the map didn't really tell me anything as opposed to how long it would actually be. Plus, after it all loaded in, when you restarted the app again, like you said, it was like such a long time of actually <laughs> going through and waiting yeah, um, that screen. whole thing <laughs> load up. Yeah. So another thing, and this is probably like the biggest pet peeve of mine, because um, it happened to me more than once, is and uh, each puzzle that you're trying to solve, there um, the button to go back to the map view mm-hmm. uh, is persistently at the bottom it says go back to the map view or something like that go back to the map or go back to the valley um and there's been like molten i'd say like two or three times where i'm i was really close to solving the the puzzle and all i had to do is just align one section uh on one mirror in the right place Mm. but then as i was dragging it down my hand slipped and actually touched that button at the bottom (laughs) yeah this is always there isn't it yeah to go back to the map and then when that happened i said oh fuck and then i went back into the the puzzle and it of course it started the puzzle fresh right if you're gonna give a one tap way to get back to the menu you should at least save the state that made me almost delete the the game right there yeah i wish i there was a bit more of a reveal of who you are as the secret agent you know, at the at the end of the f- the first the first assignment. Yeah, I wish there wasn't. I mean, how how far did you get? And I I, I haven't finished the first storyline. I okay. think I'm very close to the ending, but but you have no way of knowing. <laughs> I have no way of knowing because the map is totally not representative of how much more you have left. But yeah, I I think the reason why it was super intriguing to me because I saw a potential of the story taking you to this crazy place. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the puzzle elements was just fun enough. Yeah, for agreed. me to get that story but yeah it just seems like it's dragging on for me a little bit too long but that's it i mean what do we pay it's like two two ninety nine something uh, like that given me quite a few hours of entertainment so yeah i think it's only really it's nicely designed like it's really pretty to look at it is um the music's quite good as well i didn't realize it there is actually like music continuously playing in the background yeah the sliding the tiles they make a pleasing 
thuk sound. Yeah. There's nice little details. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably done with it now. It has done its job of giving me a good little sense of inspiration for other games. Right. Being able to sort of mix puzzles with uh, a larger narrative. Yeah. But I think there are much better ways of making that more compelling. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's also tricky to have it just in like letter form, like Mm. people talking to each other. Yep. Because that really doesn't provide you many opportunities to kind of insert exposition about what's happening because people who are talking to each other covertly already know what's happening yeah so i guess that's kind of why they have this like the the idea of the kind of uh, the patriot who's like your handler as you mentioned before like mm-hmm. he can then or she uh, guides you through kind of what's happening and tries to give you a bit more exposition but even that was like inconsistent right like the the patriot would chime in after maybe five of those expositions or two or three of those <laughs> expositions it wouldn't right. be a consistent thing yeah and so i would look for it and not get it and be like shit but yeah that feels like about 299's worth of entertainment yeah I agree are there any more games there is one more game oh my gosh. that I would like to mention I mean okay go great <laughs> <laughs> this is a game called Super Hot okay um, it's, what kind of game is this it's uh, a very unique first person shooter okay so it's unique because um First of all, it's an indie game, meaning that it's not a AAA, everything looks amazing, like, oh my god, this game looks like real life sort of game. Right, where it's like hundreds of engineers have spent thousands of hours. Right. I think the team rendering stuff, yeah. for this game is like seven people. What's unique about this game is that it is a first-person shooter, but it has like a bit of puzzle mechanics. The time in the game only moves when you move. You know, it is a first-person shooter, so you have a gun, and you're mm-hmm. shooting people, and people are shooting back at you. But because if you're not moving, time has stopped, you can see where the bullets are and how fast it's coming towards you. Mm-hmm. So you can start to dodge the bullets, but then as you dodge, there'd be other people shooting at you, so you have to look around and sort of... Mm. Um, oh, that's cool. Right, and you can also move slowly so that you can see how fast the bullet is coming and plan your next moves and the amazing thing is at the end of the level when you have finished the level it plays back your movements in real time and so that's like one of the coolest things is like oh my god like i jumped over the car um punched the guy in the face grabbed his gun out of the air shot the guy behind me who was shooting at me and i dodged the bullet and then my gun ran out of bullets so i threw that gun at another guy who then got hit in the face and then I grabbed his gun and shot two other guys with it, right? <laughs> and Right. It's almost like the game equivalent of like bullet time. It is. And then as it's sort of playing through this, it'd be this voice with like large letters that says super hot, super hot. Right? <laughs> well, that looks good. Is it also on Steam? It is also on Steam and it is playable on the Macintosh. Should we get on to the big ticket item? Yes. I've been okay. waiting to talk about this. This is The X-Files. The X-Files. It uh, concluded its uh, six-episode mini-season this week. So how should we start this? Should we do a 3x3 of The X-Files season 10 mini-series? Yeah, why not? Let's do a 3x3. Let's do a three three. Okay. Go on, this, that's our thing. That seems to be the thing we do. So yep. that is the thing we shall do. So let's talk about the good. Let's talk about the good. 
I'll go first. Yeah. That, I, I was setting it up for me to sound like I was about to go first, wasn't I? Um, I would say Mulder and Scully are still awesome. You can still sense the chemistry mm-hmm. between um, Julian Anderson and um, the person whose name I'm going to forget, David Duchovny. I thought they were both pretty damn good in this still. They're both entertaining to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, <laughs> it's almost like putting on like a comfy sweater. You're like, oh, they've still got their... Still these characters we know. Still well done. Um, yeah. That is a good thing. Yeah, I, I I must agree with that. That, you know, it's probably really easy for them to get into these roles as well because they've done it for such a long time previous to it. And I'm sure it was a huge part of their, their yeah. acting careers. Right. Because part of me, before I saw it, I was wondering if they would just, hey, we'll take the money but then, you know, just phone in their performance. Right. You know, they've become jaded. They've done this for fucking... <clears throat> there was 10 seasons, right? So, like, 10 years they've done this. Yeah. And that was, like, started 20 years ago, and they're like, oh, right, this whole thing again? Okay, whatever. Right. Um, but, no, they they seem to be enjoying it, and I enjoyed watching them. Yeah, and it's not like they've had... They didn't have successes throughout that time, right? So it's, it yeah. wasn't like they had to come back to this in order for them to make money again. Right. So right. I did feel that. I felt like it was um it was more of a passion project. This whole mini series did seem like a passion project. Right? I wonder if it was like Chris Carter going, I have to tell the remainder of the story. Hmm. Or if it was just like Fox just, you know, going through their <laughs> shows that they haven't <laughs> that's uh, used to be popular and they might try and reboot. Right. Yeah, I I think maybe the X Files files podcast would have some information on that so let me let me dig a little deeper and update on that but yeah i felt like it was totally a passion project because i think the entire miniseries um was a good representation of what was so beloved uh in the original seasons of x files Mm -hmm. like you had the long story arc episodes right Mm -hmm. you had the quirky funny episode you have the more serious how is this actually done let's try and explain this with like pseudoscience episode mm-hmm. right so i felt like there was like a really good representation of what the x-files stood for i think though i would if i may jump to a bad point yes that just meant that over a six episode season led <laughs> yeah. to a really patchy experience totally <laughs> like you had no idea what you were getting next right and I Which think perhaps that perhaps you could say it's a good thing, but uh, when you're looking back on it, like watching the finale, I was yeah. like, "Oh God, there's all this crazy shit that happened, right. all this serious, mad shit." And then I wish I'd forgotten because there was a lizard who thought he was a man, and right. <laughs> Mulder was tripping his balls off on mushrooms. Right. Okay. So I think we then we can get into the spoilers now. Um, oh shit! Yeah, we haven't actually done any of the spoilers yet. Okay. Good. Yeah. I think Although Mulder just... does take mushrooms. <laughs> Or at least he thinks he does. Right. So the following segment will contain spoilers from The X-Files. Season 10. Right. So I think if I had to go into the bad point, um, it made me realize that I actually didn't like the long story arc of (laughs) The X-Files. I felt like um, the one-off episodes were actually better. But the thing that really threw me off was, hey, if this happened in like the first episode and the last episode was sort of like the continuum of it, 
Mm-hmm. When did all that other stuff happen? Yeah, it couldn't have happened all in between, and then it just sort of continues off. But that's what it it made it seem like because on the episode where um where Mulder does trip on mushrooms, uh-huh. yes. we're introduced to two new characters mm-hmm. that seem to be like their um sort of like their next generation. Yeah, the young X Files, right? If you will, the Y Files. <laughs> oh dear but yeah so <clears throat> i felt that it was actually really good i felt that the two characters actually had their own type of chemistry and lended to the chemistry of Mulder and scully yeah i was so prepared to not like them yeah i was like oh, what really are they doing this and i was <laughs> like oh actually huh yeah and she the <laughs> i also love her name she's agent einstein right, <laughs> right. And she is, I think, from Six Feet Under. Oh, that's where I've seen her. Oh, my right. God. Right. She oh, I've been the, trying to place her this whole time. The, right. the daughter or the younger sister in Six Feet Under. Wow. I'm being, I've got so much Six Feet Under in my life recently, but with um, Sports Night and now X-Files. Yeah, I just finish watching Dexter and just be done with it. That's right. <laughs> right. So I actually ended up not liking the, the story arc. I don't know how you felt about that. I'm still a little confused by the story arc, to mm. be perfectly honest. The season finale did just seem to do a very bad job of making me... I'm trying to... How do I describe it? Like, I felt really disconnected from what was happening. Me too. Like, I was waiting for it all to be a hoax. Like, there was... I guess if this was a movie, there'd be, like, you know, big wide shots of people freaking out or, like getting a sense of what was happening in the world whereas you were just being told about it through this guy's um web show and yes it seems to go totally against the old adage of show don't tell they were just literally telling you what was happening no and it was it totally did seem like it was uh a lot of information was crammed in but what i also hated was um that it was after all that cramming in of trying to get this feeling of all this shit is happening and all this um, all this stuff is going down. It leaves it in a, a super cliffhanger. Yeah, you would have hoped they would have advanced right. it a little more. But it left me in a cliffhanger that made me not really care about it too much. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Oh, I see. Yeah. You're like, where is William? And right. right, are they going to save the population of Earth? Right. Like, was that a sure thing? Was it actually happening? Or is this just another, you know, is this just another thing that's going to get resolved? Also, the number of times they said alien DNA. <laughs> just like, <laughs> oh my God, I would happily pay money to never hear those two words again. <laughs> Out of the miniseries, um, I liked the, the first episode because it was a great little recap of, hey, here are the things. But I think, you know, we noted before, like it, it did have its issues of... You know, here's this theory that Fox Mulder has believed all his life, and then it's all conveniently wrapped up in one conspiracy that he now believes in, in like a matter of hours. Yeah, he was super, yes, he was easily convinced that, right, the, it wasn't actually aliens, it was humans, but they had alien technology. The split between that and then shooting straight into like, um, the monster of the week episode format. Um, I didn't mind it too much, but after then seeing the last episode continue off, 
and the same arc as the first one, it did make me think, wow, like, this is kind of strange. Yeah, looking back on it, it does seem patchy. And yeah. a lot of that, that last episode had to do a lot of work. Yeah. It was almost like it would have, I would have perhaps liked to have seen the whole arc progress a little more each week, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And again, that's maybe tricky to do. And maybe that's not whatever happened in the original X Files. You're right, there could be uh, continuity problems there. It is a good representation of what the X-Files was, but I don't know if they did a really good job of selling me and that I should actually continue watching this. Because right now, what the only thing that I would be watching it for is the dynamic between Fox and Mulder, and that's kind of half based on like sort of the new things that they're doing now and sort of half based on the chemistry that you know is pretty fun to watch that's been established for so long. It seems that the um, the gene editing stuff is loosely based in reality. I think there's something that has happened recently. Hmm. Or what, what were they calling it? Um, CS... Ah, I've forgotten the exact acronym they used. But um, yeah, it seems that being able to edit DNA hmm. is now something that they can do. And I think this... That gene... Uh, or that that segment that they identified was missing would actually cause your immune system to shut down. Oh, interesting. So it's then all the smallpox vaccines and and microwaves and all this shit. That's all, yeah. <laughs> Fluff sprinkled on by the writers, but I think the the core of the the idea is based in some scientific fact. Gotcha. So, yeah, that's cool. What I don't understand is why we have to f- learn about the through. Ted O'Malley. Yeah, that's kind of strange, right? Yeah, because I think there's even there's even a line he says like the mainstream media is not reporting this. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, right. That char- that character is kind of shady overall, and maybe it's sort of maybe it's a representation of like current mainstream media. I don't know. Right. I just did not. They just did not do a good job of making me believe that was actually happening. Yeah. And if it was some sort of um, satire on current media and how, you know, we're we're believing all of our stuff on just this one source that's from the internet, um, I don't think they did enough for us to feel like that was a satire or that was sort of like the the veil draped over our like people's eyes. So to go completely into spoiler territory for the whole of the X-Files. Yes. I just want to make sure that like, I've got this straight in my head because mm-hmm. I'm still a little confused. So it turns out Cigarette Smoking Man is the evil man behind everything, basically. Right. Or the organization that he is a part of and he is sort of like the right. last remaining member. This secret cabal of people yep. who have immunity to the wave of disease that's spreading the world yes because they have added alien dna to themselves that's correct and when uh scully got abducted they added alien dna to her correct and now so she is immune to this whole thing yep the diseases and then smallpox vaccines introduced this flaw in everyone else, in everyone else's DNA that gives you, makes the immune system shut down. Is that kind of what happened? I think it's, the way that I understood it 
and I don't think I actually was act- listening to like the the super science or the pseudoscience behind it. Right, <laughs> is that each vaccine that you've received uh, made you weak to that particular vaccine after a certain time? Oh, okay, <laughs> right. And the the cabal that cigarette smoking man has has essentially enabled something which I think was not clear as well. Right, what the trigger? Yeah, that set these things in motion. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what that was. And now, because they set it in motion, or they sped it up or something like that, Mm. um, mankind essentially has about like a week left. Right, right. So I'm still not clear on his motivation for doing this. Well, I think there was a throwaway throwaway line, but I can't remember what it was. Like, he was just like... He was just like, you know, as a typical mankind is destroying the earth, we need to clean the earth and have it rebuild itself. Oh, yeah, look to history. Something or other. Mm, Yeah. The problem for me is that now after Daredevil and having Wilson Fisk as probably the best and most understandable evil character, anytime there's an evil character, I'm just like... I don't understand your motivations, whereas Wilson Fisk was so perfectly characterized and so perfectly written, and like he, you just understood. I mean, you don't obviously don't agree with what he's doing, but you yep. totally understand how this came to be. And it's not just, oh, he's evil because he's evil. Well done, writers of Daredevil. You managed to ruin every other <laughs> sci fi comic book TV show for me. So. Yeah, even if you're like a secret cabal organization, like <laughs> your motivation of destroying everyone on the earth. Right. This seems or, like who's going to be your butler? Like who's going to clean your shoes and like who's going to grow food? But right, yeah, yeah, like, like do, who's, yeah, who's going to do or who's going to grow your crops? Who's going to exactly. manufacture your Mercedes Benz? Like this is this is clearly an ill thought out plan. <laughs> Maybe they have one person that's a farmer and they right. gave him alien DNA. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Poor farmer. And do you know who the secret... Well, well not, not secret. Uh, do you know who the trusted friend that Scully goes to meet with the umbrella? Who she no, was? That must have been some sort of... Easter egg. Um, not East... Yeah, Easter egg to like some of the past episodes. Yeah, it seemed like you should know who this is. Right. But I didn't. Yeah, I was like, who is this person? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it was also a little bit annoying just to nitpick like him smoking out of his stoma. Oh, yeah. That was a little, I mean, unnecessary because it seemed like he was talking and doing everything <laughs> just like a normal person would. Yeah, like yeah, how your vocal cords even work if you have a hole cut in your, in exactly. your larynx. Mm. So my theory is that the actor doesn't want to smoke anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's after 20 years of smoking. He's like, <laughs> yeah. you know what, this might be a bad idea. <laughs> I personally don't have a actual alien DNA that would save me from this. <laughs> right. Because, yeah, I, I found that to be just a little annoying. And the fact that she was, like, the agent was there holding the cigarette for him as, like, some sort of sign of obedience. I think that was yeah a little cheesy. Right. Again, I think I missed something there. I think right. maybe had I, if I know well, more about the X-Files, I would have kind of understood that. Right, from what I got from that is that um, she is going along because she is being saved and that is the reason why she is essentially now her servant or his servant Mm. because she was provided the alien DNA as well. Right. Well, that's the other thing that bothered me a little bit was when 
they take a they sample Scully's uh, DNA and they yep. don't find it the first time, mm. and then so suddenly on a whim they're like, oh wait, let's just do it again, but we'll take more samples. And oh, there it is. Oh no, that is that was that was that idea. It was a little weird. It was a little weird, right? Um, I think it cleared up some things, but I think that whole section was unnecessary. Um, I think it could have been explained in one line where it's sort of like when you take a picture of the outside, you're only getting a a limited spectrum, right? That your camera can see. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you take a, like, for example, an HDR and you do multiple steps between shutter speeds and all that stuff, you're essentially getting a a wider range of the spectrum and then cramming it down to to Mm. view. Yeah, I see. Oh, that's such a good analogy. Perhaps you should write for the (laughs) X-Files. But then, if you have two of the FBI's best scientists, you would have thought they would have jumped straight to the HDR analysis (laughs) the first time. Right. That's why I'm saying it's a little... Yeah, yeah, why was that whole exposition necessary? Was it just to create suspense? It seems like they figured out stuff very easily and very quickly. Well, they are are the world's best minds. (laughs) True. But yeah, I don't think a vaccine can be created in like an hour. So what do we what do we do with this? Yeah. Yeah. Where do we go from here, Edwin? Where do we go from here? Um So let's say, okay, if they came out with season if they announced season eleven, which I don't know for sure if it's happening or not. But I'm I'm I would not be surprised if they do. I think yeah. it's pretty much a given right now, I would say. Right. Based on my knowledge of absolutely nothing. But I'm still gonna say it. <laughs> um yeah, I would watch it again. Perhaps more casually, I perhaps wouldn't have to watch it live every week or like watch exactly. it that week. I'd be more like, eh, maybe when it comes to Netflix or whatever. It is not a must watch for me. It is a entertaining value add. <laughs> Jeez, you're such a such a businessman. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I didn't mean to sound like that, but I mean I don't feel like I wasted my time. It was entertaining. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But unlike other shows. <laughs> the expense. Do you want to talk about Ninja of the Week? Oh, Ninja of the Week. So I don't have the next one up, but I do have the third one up, I believe. Yeah, I'm just looking at it now. Oh, that looks awesome. Now. I like the shading around like the bottom of the head coming yep. to the neck. That's very cool. So I don't think that's very consistent with the rest of the rendering. How do you draw this? Um, a digital stylus. Oh, the Apple Pencil? No. Oh, a Wake, Wacom tablet of sorts? It is a Wacom tablet. I'd say minor improvements, but still, I still haven't really locked down a style. I don't think it still looks good. Um, still have a lot of work to do. I am starting to write more specific notes on what I like and do not like about it. Rather than, oh, sucks. <laughs> right. Gross. <laughs> right. I'm glad to see that this blog is not only improving your drawing, but also your writing. Oh, that's awesome, though. I like it. Oh, thank you. But yeah, still have a lot of ways to go. My praise means nothing. Fine. <laughs> no, it does. I think it's good. Um, a lot of also, a lot of other people have also said, oh, the third one is looking cooler. Um, but to me, I still feel like there's a, a lot more to go. Like even in just these three, I feel like I can see the progression. So yeah, cool. I look forward to seeing the next 96. We know which part to cut out to make this podcast super exciting.
Yeah, it should be this bit.